Okay, we are ready to do passions. Ready to rock and roll. You're ready to rock? <laughs> Thank you, Cleveland! <laughs> right? Yes. No, hey everybody. My name is Latara. And my name is Laura. And this is Passions, passions Podcast. Podcast. And today we are going to be talking about episodes 38 and 39 of Passions. Yes. Not 38 and 40. Don't know why no, I said that. That's sense. not how numbers work. We could do it, but I wouldn't recommend it because based on what we just saw, 39 is going to be in song. Yeah, like 38 has set us up for a real, a very wild ride. We're already on quite the ride, but the, it lulled for a minute. You mm-hmm. remember there was like episode after episode where it was just like, bam, 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 mm-hmm. all this shit is happening. And now we've like hit like a little lull where they're setting us up for some shit. Mm-hmm. And... We're just about to reach the peak of the roller coaster here, I think. Peak shit. I can't wait. So, this episode starts at the Crane Mansion, where, remember, Lomax is interrogating Whitney and Teresa. Right, because (laughs) Ivy had left and on her way out gave Lomax permission to keep talking to the girls, even though Ethan didn't really want him to. Right. So he threatens them and says, you can either talk to me or you can talk to the police. Is that what you want? Yeah, he keeps going after these girls. And Teresa stands up for them. She's like, we don't have to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to tell you anything because why should I? I have nothing to say. I have nothing to hide. Like, you're not even supposed to be doing this. Like, we're done here. And then he starts threatening them. And then Ethan shows up again. And Ethan's not having any of it. None of it. He tells Lomax to lay off. He's like, why would these girls lie? You know, he he's really going to bat for Teresa <laughs> and Whitney. That's right. And Lomax is also just not willing to let this go. He's not willing to let it go. Yeah, he... and. Ethan has called him off, what, three times, four times, Mm -hmm. and then he kind of circumvents his actual boss and goes to Ivy, and she's like, the old reach around. (laughs) The old reach around. (laughs) (laughs) And so he goes to Ivy then, and she allows it, but Ethan, who is his actual employer... Has told him to back off. Right. Ethan says, "My, you don't take your orders from my mother. You take your orders from me. I hired you and I'm telling you this is done and this mm-hmm. is over with. And Lomax says, I've never not finished a case and blah, blah, blah. And he's taking it very personally. Yeah. I, whatever. I don't care about Lomax. At all. And he's horrible. Yeah. I'm glad that Ethan sent him on as Mary, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So- I was ready for him to go. But it is funny because Lomax was like, don't you think it's strange, this, this, whatever's going on here? Ethan goes, well, you know, it did occur to me that the stalker disappeared right when Teresa started to work here. But he takes it as like a sign of good luck as opposed to a sign of something more nefarious. He says, Teresa's my good luck charm. Yeah. Which, of course, makes Teresa fall deeper in love. Of course. She's his good luck charm, he says. Yeah. Because... All of the attacks stopped when she started working there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Questionable at best. Okay, Ethan. Okay, that's, Ethan. That's, that's some logic you're putting together. I don't know. I Okay. <laughs> I mean, his lawyer brain works differently than ours. That's all, folks. That's it. That All it takes is a 17-year-old girl to tell you that some girl that she doesn't know her name moved to South America. Done. Yeah. I Done. guess the case is closed. I guess this case is closed. We are done with this. Ethan's an 
Okay. I'm done with this, if I'm being honest. I'm just, I'm tired of Lomax. I need him to leave. Me too. So anyway, he finally does. (laughs) He finally finally gets the point across. He's like, you know what? Send me your bill. I'll pay it. And then we're done here. Like, we're not doing this anymore. Yep. So Lomax leaves in a huff. The girls leave, and they're all happy that they got away with it. Yep. Teresa and Whitney go to the coffee shop, and Teresa is overly confident that they are home free. Mm -hmm. She is overly confident. She's ready to take off her disguise. Yeah. Whitney's like, no, but you just keep it on for now. Just that would make me feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And Teresa's like, look, Ethan told that guy to leave, that P.I.'s out of town. Ethan believes everything I say. This is, we're good. We're good. Mm -hmm. But Lomax has followed them. Mm -hmm. He's watching them in the corner with a... (laughs) <laughs> with a newspaper <laughs> that he's peering around just to watch them. It's, it's very cartoonish. It is. Everything he does is kind of over-exaggerated and, and cartoonish. But, uh, yeah, so we learn that he can't really hear what they're saying, which is good because Teresa has just recapped everything that's mm-hmm. happened for She has admitted to episodes. all of her crimes. Yeah, so luckily he can't, lucky for them, he can't hear them, but he has his eye on them, and we'll see how far this goes. Because now he, now the stalker has a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> That's so <laughs> you know? true. Like, how long is this going to go on now? It's just absurd. That's so true. So should we go to the youth center? Sure. Let's go to the youth center. All right. We're off to the youth center. So at the youth center, as you can imagine, Sheridan and Luis are fighting with each other. <laughs> In fact, the first thing that Sheridan says is like, I can't think of anything positive about working with this Neanderthal. <laughs> they're, they're just zinging each other one by one, just cutting each other down. I mean, the writers must have so much fun just coming up with insults for these characters to sling yeah. at each other. And I bet yeah. the actors probably ad-lib some, like come up with some stuff on their own too. Yeah. I think it would just be so much fun. They're, I mean, the things they say are mean, but they're just constantly cutting each other down, and it's funny. It is funny. It's very funny to me. It is funny, and I like Luis's little comebacks. He always yes. has a good comeback. Do you remember what the one that I laughed at? I didn't. I didn't write it down. Uh, but there was one where she said something, and he. Oh, she said, "I'd rather eat nails," and he said, "I'll go get some. <laughs> Let me go get them. Let me go get them for you." Yeah. Yeah. He's always got like a funny little retort. I love it. Yeah. So they're fighting. Hank is there. He's trying to mediate, but he's not doing a great job of it. He does suggest that they set aside their differences. They find a way to make it work. Maybe they can find peace. Mm -hmm. And this will be a fun experience for both of them. And, of course, Luis and Sheridan both just laugh that off. Well... They... He, he like, tries to cool them down, right? Mm -hmm. And he's trying to mediate poorly. And they try to talk calmly, but these two people cannot be civil to one another. No, they just can't. Like, they do try for all of three seconds, <laughs> and then it falls to pieces. You can't have, just like we can't have long-lasting peace in the Middle East, for some reason, these two people can't have peace. They can't do it. They just can't do it. They I don't can't know. can't do it. There's too much prejudice against each they other and their families are... and their experiences, and they just can't yeah, and so find any common ground. One of the things he kind of says to her is, you know, you can't handle this job. It's too demanding physically and emotionally. Mm. Sheridan says, you don't, she yells, you don't know anything about me. Which just goes to show 
<laughs> her lack of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. She has to yell it at him. And Louis says, you can't relate to these kids. Their parents work in the cannery that your family owns. And can you explain to them why their parents can only barely make ends meet because your family gives them such meager pay? Like, how do you think they, they're going to feel about you coming down here to just give them a hug? Yeah, he goes off. And everything he says is, is legit. It's so good. Everything he says is great. Luis has these moments where he just I, I, expounds profusely <laughs> about social justice. And it's always great. Yep. It's always great. Yeah. I I like Luis. He's I mean, quite the progressive. He really is. Except then he... Minus the sexual assault part. <laughs> I don't know. I can't... That, that party really put a, a bad taste in my mouth. But yeah. I digress. So th- in this moment, I really like what Luis is saying. I really don't like how Sheridan is reacting, of course. Luis then suggests that Sheridan's attorney, who is Ethan, should petition the judge to try and get her community service done elsewhere. And then Hank is like, you already tried that and it didn't work. What if Sheridan goes and asks again and has her hours increased again? What if they double it? What if instead of 100 hours together, you now have to spend 200 hours together, right? Yeah, and that's not good for either of these people. No, that's That's like, 100 hours is bad enough. 200, I think they kill each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't even know how they'll get through 100. How many days of work is 100 hours? 100 divided. Say say she does eight hours, which normally when you're volunteering, I don't think you do a full eight-hour day most places. I would assume It's not. usually like more like two to four hours, I think, for volunteering. But if it is eight hours, it would be about like 12 and a half days. That's not that much time. That, yeah, like it's like two, two weeks. Two and a half weeks. It's not a big yeah. deal. It, but it, she probably would do two to four hours each day so Mm -hmm. it probably would end up being like a month yeah worth of work Mm -hmm. well what i mean what else is she gonna do yeah i mean she yeah she could easily be there eight hours a day she's not doing anything i if it were me i want to get mine done as quickly as possible and if i don't have like a job Mm -hmm. i just this will be my job for the next two weeks and then i'm done I mean, that wouldn't be that hard, actually. No, that wouldn't be bad at all. I mean, and it's she has the resources. She doesn't need to work. She hasn't been in the country for years. She has no job that we know of that's lined up. Like, why not go? And also, Sheridan proclaims to be a progressive person. She's like, I want to give all of my money away. I want to help kids, specifically. Mm-hmm. I want to adopt children. Mm-hmm. Like, all of, like, the youth center kind of seems like... The perfect The perfect place. fit for the things that she thinks about herself and the things that she claims to want to do. And also, as a woman who wants for nothing and has no work lined up, wouldn't you want to volunteer your time at a place like this? Like, And yes, I know you have a personal problem with the director. But this kind of seems like the perfect fit. Also, let's also talk about the fact that Luis has another full-time job. He's right. not going to always be at the youth center. Right. Why can't they coordinate to where they don't have to really see each other? Absolutely. When he's on patrol, she's there at the youth center. Yeah. I don't I don't really see the problem. The more that I think about this, mm-hmm. the less it, of an issue it becomes. It's not that big of a problem. No. Nope. That also wasn't that... Also, it's a conflict of interest. There's no way that the judge would actually send this woman to volunteer at the place where her arresting officer is in charge of her. Yeah. I mean, the whole... It's preposterous. It's a soap opera. I get it. And if the person at the 
organization says we can't accept this person, I'm, generally they ha- kind of abide by that, right? Why wouldn't they? Why would they force it? I don't know. Maybe it was a different time 20 years ago. No, it's, this I don't is know. just sloppy. Yeah. So what were we talking about at the youth center? Louise says she can't handle the job. Oh, yeah. Louise is going off about these social things and mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And then Hank kind of pulls Luis to the side and says, hey, man, you're making me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> Hank finds a way to make it about himself. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know I like this girl. You're making me look bad. She knows I'm friends with you. We're, she's going to think I'm a jerk just like you and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and Luis is like, why are you trying to get with her? She sucks. <laughs> yeah. And Hank is just like, she's hot and yep. she's rich. And Luis is like, Hit the bricks, dude. Go get a coffee. Get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) So Hank leaves. Sheridan and Luis kind of finish up their argument. They accept that this is a situation. It's 100 hours. They will get through it. Mm -hmm. So then Sheridan leaves. Hank boogies on in and keeps talking about how hot Sheridan is. All he does is talk about how beautiful and rich Sheridan Crane is. Yeah. And he and Luis, like, play basketball Mm-hmm. A little bit. <laughs> and Louise says, she's a spoiled, useless snob who's never had anyone say no to her. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Quite the indictment. He's got some real, very deep feelings about her. Mm-hmm. And she does, too. You know, mm-hmm. she thinks he's arrogant. Mm-hmm. What else does she call him? I don't know. She's Arrogant yeah. is, a, is a word she uses for him a she lot. Does, yeah. Which is a little classist, if you ask me. As a person who's of the upper echelon of classes, like, to call someone who is poorer than you arrogant, I don't know, it, hmm. it seems to me a little, like, as if they, how dare you talk to me this way. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm sure I'm wrong, but that's just how it feels. Well, I didn't interpret it that way, but that doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just, that's your it just feels wrong for her to, like... Because that's the, I guess also that's the only word that really sticks out in my mind that she uses about Mm -hmm. him. And he doesn't seem arrogant to me at all. He tells her the truth. Yeah, and she can't, you can't handle the truth. Exactly. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, and it's like, how dare you tell me that I'm awful? Mm -hmm. Because I am. (laughs) How dare you make me confront the things that I've done wrong? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think for Luis and Sheridan both, they have these notions, whether preconceived or not, they have these assumptions that they've made about each other and it would be so much easier for them to just go with that if they weren't so attracted to the Mm. other person. Mm -hmm. And so it's this confrontation is happening between their attraction and also their, like, true disdain that they feel towards each other. And so that's I think where the conflict is really coming from internally for these Mm. characters. Yeah. So... Louise and Hank talk at the youth center. Is there anything else going on at the youth center? That's it, right? That's it. So let's very quickly, since we're talking about them, head back to the Crane Mansion because Mm -hmm. Sheridan leaves the youth center and goes back to the Crane Mansion. She pours herself a drink and her crystal glassware. Stiff drink. And she, whew, I can't believe my luck. (laughs) And Ethan comes in and they have a chat and she says, I'll give you three guesses as to who's the director at the youth center. And instead of guessing, Ethan just goes, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Ethan's like, I don't have time for this game. Just tell me. (laughs) He's like, I don't know. Who is it? And she says, think about who would be the worst possible person, the most arrogant, most conceited, most awful person. He's like, no way. (laughs) 
and she's like, you guessed it, our good old friend, Officer Lopez Fitzgerald. That's right. Good old Luis. Yeah, and so he says, well, I'll call the judge and we can get this straightened out. And she says, we already thought about that. He she tried. Says, we already tried. Luis already tried. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's just like, call the judge and deal with it. And actually, you know, I do kind of admire Sheridan, of all people, saying like, stop trying to call the judge. We know that it's not going to work. You Like, yeah. stop trying to use the crane name. Yeah. Because everybody around her is trying to get her to do this. And she does reject that. That's true. And she's the only person. Because Luis tries to do it. Ethan wants to do it. Hank. Well, Hank doesn't really suggest that they do that. Because he, he kind of is like, well, if it didn't work for Luis, it probably won't work for you. But I do admire that Sheridan is trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. in this situation. Yeah. And Ethan is like, oh, no. Luis is going to make your life hell. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Luis is going to make your life hell. I, and I don't think that's who Luis is. I don't either, but they don't know that. You I don't know. think that's who Luis is. I think he just wants her to come in and do... I think he's going to expect the exact same thing of her that he would expect of any other volunteer. And mm-hmm. I think that that work, he knows that that work is hard, but he's not going to give her any slack. Yeah, I think he knows that it's hard work, but it's also extraordinarily meaningful or can be and should be. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's really worried that... Sheridan has her head in the clouds and is not going to be able to relate to these kids the way that she needs to be in order to be effective and sensitive. Mm -hmm. And it's going to create more of a divide and more of a gap. And she's not going to be the person who walks away with the damage the kids are. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really do think that his heart is in this for the right reason, that he is truly worried about the quality of care that the children are going to receive. I think you're right. And is really worried about, can Sheridan hack this? Can she do this in an appropriate way? And we haven't seen that she can. So I understand his concern. Yeah. So as Sheridan and... Ethan are continuing their talk. What does she say to him when at the end? She said something along the lines of, don't worry about this. I have a plan. So she knows how to handle Officer Lopez Fitzgerald. Yeah, and I wonder if she's going to still try the whole, like, sexy thing. Yeah. Uh, I wonder. I don't know. That's the only thing I could think. That's the only thing that I could think of, but I'm... I don't know. I'm just... I'm hoping for an evolution with Sheridan. I know it's coming, and it can't come fast enough, well, you, honestly. you already know. The youth center needs money. Sheridan's going to go. She's going to work at the youth center. She's going to do her 100 hours, and then she's also going to give them money. Mm. You already know that's coming. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that's probably going to soften her and Luis. Mm. And she she was saying she wasn't going to give him a dime, right? But you right. know she is. At the end of all of this. Once she works with the kids, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure she's going to see how great he is with the kids. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be shocked at how great she is with the kids. Mm -hmm. She's going to donate some money in addition to her time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope. So let's move on. Let's move on to these witches. <laughs> oh boy. Let's move on to the to the to the magic of harmony. Yes. Should we start with Tabitha's house very quickly? Yeah, we should start over at Tabitha's house. I'm gonna let you take this one because I frankly had no clue what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I I was like looking at the screen in like such a fog because I was like, what is Timmy do what is ha-? and every time we like 
cut back to Timmy. He was doing something else weird. And I was like, what is going on with this? And he was just, I, it was so weird. So I'm going to let you take this. Okay, I'm going to start by saying my notes start off with, Timmy has a run-in with Fluffy off camera. Where did Tabitha go? <laughs> like, <laughs> No, remember. She's just gone. Remember, she left. In the yeah. last episode, she had put on that mink thing and the that cape. She was like, give me my cape. Right, her cape. I had forgotten about that. And so I was just very confused at the beginning. So a quick rundown of what's going on at Tabitha's house. Tabitha has left. She knows that Charity's back in Harmony. She's got a... She's going to go to Grace's shop and try to intercept this somehow. Meanwhile, Timmy is back at the house. He has another off-screen altercation with this cat? Beast? Hell beast? I don't know. <laughs> its name is Fluffy. And this was a mess. But basically, he comes up with a drastic plan to kill Fluffy. It was very violent. Well, he was going to poison it and then lobotomize it. Yeah. He, it, show, it shows him in, like, a little scientist, like, outfit with all these beakers with colorful bubbling things. And he's creating a concoction with which he can feed Fluffy and then the cat, she'll pass out. And then he's going to lobotomize her. And he has, like, a, like, a, um... What's a drill, like a, but I don't know what that end piece is yeah, called. Yeah, I've never seen that kind of a, attachment. It's a drill with the, in the bit is... It's got a point at the end, but it's wide at the back part of it. I don't know. I don't know what it's for. It almost looks... I've seen it before, but I don't know what it's for. Yeah. It almost looks like a giant X-Acto knife blade, but Mm -hmm. like square instead of pointy. I don't know. So I don't... I don't like it. I just just wrote, it's stupid and oddly violent. I don't like it. There's a lot of violent things happening around Tabitha and Timmy, and I know they're evil, so I know it makes sense, but I, I just... I, I feel like they're framing it like it's supposed to be funny and comedic, and it's not. I think that's yeah. what bothers me. Yeah, it was. it's disturbing. Yeah. It's funny. It was funny until he said he was going to lobotomize it with that drill. Yeah. Like, it was like, okay, this, Timmy's like, put got a plan to put Fluffy to sleep or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, okay. Yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'm fine. down for that. The cat will but take But then when he broke, brought out that drill, I was like, yeah. that's just weird. And, dis- and slightly disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't care for I it. I don't... A lot of things I'm not... So what else liking. is going on with Timmy? So anyway, sorry, going off on another tangent. So Timmy eventually gets cornered by Fluffy, and the only escape is the basement. Which is ridiculous. There's no other rooms in this house with doors. That's not... That he could go into that door and close the door and Fluffy won't be able to get in. Nope, that's the only one. Yeah, he gets in the basement. He gets in the basement, and I wrote, ooh, it's foggy, and there's creepy music in the basement, and also red flashing lights. Yep. So that's what we got to see in the basement. And then he leaves the basement. Yeah, he gets scared, and he leaves. I guess it's he's less scared of Fluffy than he is of whatever's in the basement. And Tabitha. He's like, Tabitha's going to kill me for coming in here. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, I can't let Tabitha ever find out that I've been in the basement, but I wonder if maybe I can make friends with what's down there, and then mm-hmm. they can help me defeat Fluffy. Mm-hmm. So Timmy has this little side mission of his own now. Him, Timmy v. Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> Get him in the ring. Timmy be fluffy. Yeah, it's dumb. So, Tabitha is on her way to Grace's shop in the most extraordinary outfit. (laughs) And she's walking, rushing down the street in that very long... I mean, it was floor-length boa. It's a big fur Mm -hmm. floor-length boa. It goes all the way down almost to her feet. And then her, like, cape and her green tracksuit. 
And her bracelets, of course. And her bracelets, always. The sounds I love those of Tabitha. Words. I love the, I told you. Click, clack. Click, clack. She's making click, so click, much clack. noise. She does. How, do, how can people not hear her coming? <laughs> right? How she sneak up on anybody? <laughs> how does Tabitha do Tabitha? Y'all, so, Tabitha's head is a Grace's shop, right? Because she knows that Charity is in town and trying to get to Grace. Mm-hmm. And so she gets to this shop in the middle of Grace having a conversation with Faith. That's right. They're so in the chat to, room now talking to each other. So let's talk about the conversation that Faith and Grace have just before Tabitha gets there. Can we please talk about this? This is, oh, it's so good. So they're in the chat room. Grace is typing. Sam is standing over Grace's shoulder. They're mm-hmm. talking to each other while Grace and Faith are interacting in the chat room. And... Faith is, like, talking about forces of darkness, and Sam looks at his wife and goes, she sounds a little off, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little cuckoo, huh? Yeah. He's like, he, it was goes, so funny. <laughs> and, yeah, they're chatting about, because Faith says something about the dark, forces of darkness and evil that their family have been fighting since the Salem witch trials. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So we're learning more about this family history. Mm-hmm. Sam thinks she's crazy, which, of course, he does. Uh, she sounds crazy. I mean, I get it. If yeah. I was hearing this side of the conversation and had no context, mm-hmm. I would absolutely agree with Sam. Yeah. But Faith says that she can prove it with a 300-year-old painting that has the face of evil in it. <laughs> so she sends is- this picture through. The greatest thing I've ever seen. And they can't see it, but we can see it on Faith's side. And it's just a picture of Tabitha in a pilgrim costume. (laughs) Look, so many of my favorite things happened in this episode. Tabitha has a pilgrim flashback. Two of them. Yeah. She has, Tabitha's a pilgrim. I can't. I don't know what else to say. She's a witch in the Salem witch trial. I don't know what else to tell you. The Salem witch trial's got one witch. They well, got, I guess they, she escaped, though. They didn't get any. They didn't get any. <laughs> just no, they weren't very of, good. Just killed a bunch of women for Tabitha no reason. has a flashback of herself as a pilgrim being put into the stocks. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> locked into the stocks. And she says, you'll pay for this. <laughs> it's hilarious and amazing, and I'm so glad that we saw it. I love it so much. Yep. So, Tabitha has arrived at the shop. Mm-hmm. She gets to the shop. She's walking in on this conversation, and Sam tells her what's going on. Right, because she had no clue that right. Faith and Grace were in communication with each other on that computer. Mm-hmm. She didn't know that. She just was trying to stop Charity. So she walked into a whole new disaster. That's right. And for some reason, Grace and Sam just tell her everything that's going on. Right, as they're typing, their, yeah. she's reading the messages as they're coming through, and she says, oh, there's a 300-year-old painting. And she's saying all of this. And Tabitha realizes it's probably a painting of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so she, like, fakes a heart attack kind of situation. She starts to faint. She's, oh, oh, no. And she kind of falls <laughs> over. And instead of, this was so stupid. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how they, th- why they thought this would work. I guess it works, but it doesn't. It only works because I'm willing to forgive it, mm. right? Tabitha's like an old lady who's falling over, and both Grace and Sam 
leave her. Like, or like, let's, I will go and get, Grace goes to the back room to get something, like first aid stuff. Smelling salts. Sam goes, yes, smelling salts. Sam goes all the way home to get the first aid kit. Is it home next door to the shop, according to our map? Oh, Oh. also, thank you to our listener, I think it was Zach. Zach Barber. Who sent us... The most amazing map of Harmony, which we are now going to pull up and yep, reference. I'm pulling it up now <laughs> because it has all of the all of the different spots we've been talking about, and we've been struggling to figure out the layout of this town. Okay, so the Bennett house is there, Tabitha's house is there. Oh, yeah, right next door. So it's the right antique next door. shop. So he so he runs next door because they I guess okay. live next to the okay. Shop. That makes more so sense. It makes a little more sense. That this map has helped us tremendously. It has. Thank it you is, so much. It's so useful. It really is. I look at it all the time now. Now I'm like, okay, <laughs> so. Yeah, he goes next door to get the first aid kit. But why didn't any, either of them, like, I don't know, call an ambulance or something? Yeah. Sit with her. Like, one of you go do something. The other person stay stay with with Tabitha. Yeah. Well, Tabitha's alone in this shop. The picture finally comes through because, remember, these are dial-up days. Took a while. So the picture finally comes through and she goes, good Lord, it is me. (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to do about this photo? And then she's trying to delete it. She doesn't know how. She says, I don't know anything about computers. She's like, if I hit E, will it erase? Erase. Erase. She's yelling erase at the computer. And... Grace is still in this shop. She's just in the back room. Why doesn't she hear Tabitha yelling, erase, erase? And then she sees, so she hits E to try to erase it. That obviously doesn't work. Then she <laughs> then she does what is like a reasonable thing and she hits delete, but that also doesn't work. It's mm-hmm. like, click, you have to click the picture doll. Mm-hmm. And then she finally starts to just like do magic and do an enchantment. Finally, some magic. Yeah, finally some magic she does on this computer, and it's fantastic. Yeah, so she's doing her little incantation. Yeah, she's like, ashes to ashes, dust Dust to dust. dust. Something evil, something else, I don't know. Yeah. And it starts, the laptop starts to, like, bounce up and down, and the table starts to wobble back and forth. And it's loud. It's making noise, too. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't know why Grace, like, how did they leave her alone for this long? Also, does anyone actually have smelling salts? Tabitha's old as hell. You gonna leave her ass alone? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, like, an old lady's having a heart attack in your shop, and you just leave her there to find smelling salts? I just don't under... Yeah, it, it's, again, it's flimsy. With, you know, the show really just relies on the fact that we love it. Yeah. To make sense of it. Yeah. It doesn't do the work. No. No, 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 no. Not at all. So, Tabitha's doing her enchantment, and what happens? Well, on her end, the computer is jumping all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on Faith's end, the computer starts jumping all over the yeah. place. Because Faith does not know what's going on on the other side of the computer. All she knows is, I sent this picture and no one is responding. Mm-hmm. What could be happening? And then all of a sudden, the computer starts wiggling back and forth. The table starts jumping around. All hell breaks loose. Yeah. There's shit starting to blow around in her apartment. Yeah. 
she <laughs> she's scared it's as like hell. There's, it's like there's hail balls, but instead of falling to the earth, they're flying around in a tornado. She's finally scared for a reason, right? Like she's finally because we often see her cowering for no reason. There's mm. nothing happening, but this time it's like, yeah, girl, get out of this house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know what is going on in here. You are right. Let's move the <laughs> move the fuck away from here today. You kidding me? <laughs> Oh my gosh. And then what happens? Lord Jesus, Tabitha comes through the screen. She comes through the screen. So she's green and she she her face comes into the screen of the computer and she pushes her head through and then her head starts to like breathe fire. <laughs> it starts to breathe so fire. Good. She tells Faith, I've got you and I'm going to get your daughter. Oh, it was so so good. It was fucking crazy. Oh my god, it was everything. Man, Grace, uh, not Grace, Faith was absolutely right. Evil is after her. Uh-huh. <laughs> this was amazing. This the the effects. I love it. Tabitha in her green head has come through a computer and is breathing fire like a dragon at mm-hmm. Faith. I mean, come the fuck on. It's amazing. Uh, oh, that was fantastic. It really. It was like. I'm telling you, this episode. Yeah, this this is one for the books. Yeah. So while all of this is happening, now we got we've hit like the pinnacle of the, the greatest things that happened in the episode. <laughs> but we have to go back and talk about those stupid kids. Yeah, we got to circle back to these these kiddos. So remember, Charity is in Harmony. She's still looking for her aunt. She saw her aunt, and Miguel is helping her find this woman. Mm-hmm. So they are all they are all at the Bennett home. Right. And Simone has pulled Kay to the side and is like, you know, it's really interesting that your mom doesn't remember anything, that Charity doesn't know her aunt because she's disappeared. Like, what if these two things are not coincidences and that her missing aunt is your mom? Right. And Kay rejects this immediately. She's like, no, that's ridiculous. How could you say this? And... Simone is like, well, she's going to see a picture. There's a picture of your mom right on the fridge. And then we'll know for sure what the truth is. Right. So then what happens? So, I'm honestly, I hate this about myself, but I really zone out on these kids. <laughs> like, I could not tell you what the conversation was. Okay. What, like, what the conversation was. What I do know what happened, though. Okay. Which is that Kay, even though she's saying to Simone, like, there's no way that that's they know each other but charity does say like i've never met your mom mm-hmm. and then Kay starts to get a little nervous and she takes the picture off of the fridge mm-hmm. and then she and simone go into the living room was there any information in there that i, sh- I did not cover because i really was not listening to their conversation no that's basically it essentially Kay and simone are now trying to hide any photos of they're of Grace, Mrs. Bennett. They're trying to hide those from Charity. And Charity intermittently keeps trying to call her mother to let her know, I'm fine. I'm in harmony. I am on, you know, I'm on the uh, case. Like, I think I might have found your sister, but she can't get through because, because her mom's on the internet. And it's the age of dialogue. <laughs> I love that. I wrote, Charity tries to call her mom, but she must be on the internet. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I'm so glad we don't live like that anymore. We grew up like that. I'm so glad we don't live like that yeah. anymore. How horrible. How horrible. Remember, like, being on the internet, like, working on something, and then somebody picks up the fucking phone oh and it throws you off yes 
Can you imagine trying to live our very virtual lives right now? Because we're still in the midst of this corona pandemic. Can you imagine trying to do that on dial-up? Girl, no. It'd be impossible. No, we'd just have, we would have to be, like, ordering groceries by, like, calling people on the phone. Ugh. Yeah. Have to we, talk to we'd people? We'd have to, yeah, and we wouldn't have Zoom calls. We would have, like, conference calls. Oh, God. Via the, the telephone. Ugh. You have to dial in. I had to do that for one webinar and I hated it. Mm-mm. Just listening to it. And I'm not an auditory person either. So, like, I didn't learn anything. I didn't retain any information just listening to it. And there's a lot that we just wouldn't be able to do. Like, I wouldn't have been able to put together, like, teach music to my kids yeah. and put together things for them to see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been... Videos and stuff. There's yeah. no YouTube. So hard. Ugh. Wow. Anyway, so thank, thank goodness for the internet. I, yep. Yeah, thank God for the the current internet. The current internet. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So Charity's trying to get through to her mom. She can't get through. Kay and Simone go into the living room. Right. So now Kay is trying to hide this picture from mm-hmm. from Charity. Simone is saying to her, "Why are you trying to hide this picture? If your mom isn't Charity's aunt, then." We got this figured out, and if she is, like, you should show it to her. If, if it is, we got it figured out. We figured right, it out either like way. You, but I think Simone, Simone seems concerned that Kay is trying to sabotage her mo- her own mother. Yeah, well, right, Simone's because, got a good head on her shoulders, yeah. mostly, from what we've seen. Yeah, so... She calls her desperate. Simone calls yeah, Kay desperate. Well, Kay says to says to Simone, because Simone's like, what's the big deal? Like, just let Charity see it. And she says, why not let her see the picture if you're not worried? And Kay makes up some nonsense oh. about how Charity's crazy and her mom is crazy and they're probably con artists and they probably heard that her mom had amnesia and so they're just like running a grift on her i mean what the fuck is that and she says so she's crazy and and she and simone's like why would she do that and she and um Kay says because she obviously is desperate to get her hooks into miguel and simone says you're desperate Kay." yeah the and whole thing. I mean, what? What is she even trying to say? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's so dumb. The mental somersaults to try and believe that lie that she's telling herself. Yeah. I mean, wow. So they go back into the kitchen and try to get Charity to leave because yeah. Charity can't get her mom on the phone. Mm-hmm. And, she, and Kay's like, well, you know, I know how crazy my mom gets when I'm not home or if she's worried about me. So, I mean, she, your mom's probably really worried about you. You should really go home. Mm-hmm. And Miguel is like, no, you should stay for a bit. Mrs. Bennett will be here soon, and I can take you home later on my motorcycle. <laughs> you know, so it, we're again, we're at odds where Miguel wants to hang out with Charity. Kay doesn't want Miguel to hang out with Charity, mm-hmm. and Charity's worried about her mother. Right. So we kind of just circle back to this exact same situation a lot. Yep. So they go, they go and do this for a while, and finally decide that they're going to go to the shop to meet Mrs. Bennett when Sam runs in. Right. Sam comes in to get the... First aid. First aid kit. And he's like, look, guys, I'm really busy. Tabitha's fainted. And they're like, Tabitha? Is she okay? You know? <laughs> yeah. And he says, this isn't a good time. And yeah. Yeah. Like, Grace will be over as soon as she's done at the shop. But I can't stay and talk right now. I got to go. Yeah. And so Charity tries to call her mom again. Of course, does not get through. And they're like, you know what? 
we definitely should go to the shop now. We'll meet Mrs. Bennett. We'll see if she can help us. And we'll also see if maybe we can help Tabitha. Also, now knowing that the shop is just right next door, why haven't they been to the shop sooner? Yeah. Well, I mean, Jessica ran over, but I'm not going to do the work. I'm not <laughs> doing the work. The writers didn't do the work. I'm not going to do it either. Yeah. So <laughs> that is the whole episode. That's the whole episode. That's the whole, all of 38. That's the mm-hmm. long and short of it. So we are going to take a little break. But don't worry, we will be right back after these messages. (laughs) All right, we're back. Welcome back from the break. Welcome back from the break. Boop. Okay. We got to come up with something to say. We got to come up with a little jingle. Who cares? Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Maybe one of these days we'll have like a little, we'll figure out how to segue. I was talking, it's funny because I'm saying like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And I was literally talking to Vincent this morning about writing a musical. (laughs) You brought that up to me. You're like, let's write a musical. Nobody will write a musical with me. And I need somebody to like write the story. Some of the story. I can't do it all by myself. I need... Creative collaboration. It's such an undertaking. I need create. Well, well, it'll take years. I mean, just writing little songs take you know like is not easy. It doesn't take that long. It'll be cool. All right. If you have any ideas about a uh, maybe we'll write a passion musical. Passions. There you go. That's not a bad idea. Passions the musical. Oh my god. You know what? There you go. I have to get some licensing shit from NBC probably. Probably. Never mind. Passion's the unauthorized musical. Perfect. There we go. All right. So, we're talking about episode 39. Correct. Episode 39. Opens at the Crane Mansion, where Ethan is having a little schwitz, right? He's, like, sweating. (laughs) Oh, I wasn't expecting that. He's having a schwitz. He's sweating it out in the sauna. Yeah, these people have a sauna in their mansion. They probably have three or four, three or four saunas. Sauna? What's sauna? What's the plural for sauna? I I think it's sauna. Multiple sauna. Like fish can be singular or plural. Sauna can be... Maybe. Who knows? Who cares? Look at us. Oh, Lord. (laughs) So, Ethan's kind of passed out in this um, sauna. And Gwen comes in. A a familiar face that we haven't seen in a long time. When she first came in, all I saw was like a blonde and a towel. And I was like, Sheridan and Ethan in the sauna? No! I was like, this is horrible. I had no clue who it was. And I was like, oh shit, Gwen! I forgot forgot, about Gwen! I forgot all about Gwen. And how could I? How dare I forget about Gwen Hotchkiss? I mean, poor Gwen. So, all she does is Make out with Ethan. Gwen comes in and she kind of whispers to Ethan and then he mumbles, Teresa. And that pissed her off. She grabbed a bucket of water and she threw it on him, barbecue sauce style. (laughs) (laughs) Bucket of cold water. She threw it on him, Teresa style. I guess it wouldn't be cold. It's been sitting in the sauna. sauna. Yeah. And so he wakes up like, what the hell's going on? (laughs) She goes, well, you tell me what the hell's going on. Why'd you, who the hell is Teresa? He's like, why are you talking about Teresa? Because he didn't know. He was mm-hmm. asleep. So they fight about it a little bit. And understandably, she's very upset about it. Yeah. And he explains to her, he says, the only Teresa I know is Pilar's daughter. And I probably was just mumbled her name because I just had a, in, uh, like an altercation with Frank about her. And so she says, now I have to battle for your affection with a housekeeper's mousy daughter. Yeah. 
She, yep. I don't like Gwen. People are showing their true colors here in Harmony. So, I don't know. I didn't write much about the Crane Mansion. They fought in the sauna. Mm-hmm. Then they went upstairs and banged. Yeah. And I wrote, Ethan and Gwen are in bed on white silk sheets. Yeah. Who would want to have sex on white silk? I guess. I don't know. I don't Seems know. Seems like you make a mess. I guess to each their own. I briefly in undergrad had like like maroon silk sheets. They weren't really silk. Mm-hmm. Silk and fake silk. Because it was supposed to be better for... I have curly hair. So it's supposed to be better for curly hair and help it not, free, not like get frizzy and stuff. And so... I gave it a shot, and I... They were just so slippery. They wouldn't, like, stay yeah. on me. I was like, I hate these sheets. Yeah, satin's supposed to be better for your hair. That's yeah. why I, like, wear a satin bonnet. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they are upstairs, and they have finished making love again. These two people, that's all they really do. Yeah, they just make out and fuck each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, after their lovemaking, he starts to talk about Teresa. Teresa. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't seem to bother Gwen... As much as I feel like it should have. Yeah, well, I don't know. Ethan defends Teresa and is like, oh, the stalker stuff is over. Teresa's a good girl and blah, blah, blah. And Gwen, uh, to me, she doesn't seem to buy it. She kind of goes along with it, but I'm not convinced that Mm -hmm. she's... um, I'm not convinced that she is buying what Ethan is selling. She's not at all. Yeah. No. And she is already going to... I feel like she's already threatened by Teresa. Mm -hmm. Even though she... It's not really showing it. Mm -hmm. I think she absolutely is already like... She's the kind of girl that that is so insecure Mm. that if your man even mentions another woman, you're going to think about it for the next three weeks. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gwen said at the beginning of the show, like episode one, when we met her and Ethan, that she wanted... Ethan to like mingle with Harmony's residence and get to know everybody because he had been gone for so long, but she was also threatened by her own suggestion Mm -hmm. because she was worried that he would meet somebody else. Yeah, you're right. I remember that. So yeah, they just talk about Lomax and she's not buying it. She's like, maybe there's something there. You Mm -hmm. know, why wouldn't Pilar's daughter have a grudge against you? Her son does. Mm. Right? So she makes that argument. Whatever. That's all, though. That's it. It wasn't much. Yeah. Let's keep with this theme, though. Let's head to the coffee shop. Yeah. Is it the book cafe? Is that the I name think it's, of this place? Yeah, the book cafe, I think. Is that different than the coffee shop? I, should I just call map. it the coffee shop because it's they get coffee there. Yeah. I'm going to look at the map. I don't have my phone on me, but I'll look yeah. at the map later and then I'll know. I think that on the map, there's only... The book cafe. I just have been calling it the, the coffee, coffee shop. shop. I was coffee there. Well, I just wasn't sure because if it was the same or not because characters have referred to both. Oh yeah, so. it's the same place. Oh, but okay. I guess that, I mean we do that sometimes where you're yeah. like, you might not say I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm just going to go get some coffee mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, so. that makes sense. So that makes sense. So who's at the coffee shop? Who's well, at remember the book cafe? Teresa and Whitney are talking, laying out all of their guilt, and. Lomax is hiding behind a giant newspaper and now recording his thoughts into a like a re- tape recorder, which is great. I, Frank Lomax. Frank Lomax. And his thoughts are not deep. No. He's not really saying anything. No. So Teresa's still overly confident. Like, she's like, I'm home free, blah, blah, blah. He's lurking. And then he kind of records into his recorder case file number, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And he says, Ethan has dismissed me, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to finish this case. I'll find the truth. I'll, he says, I will dog them until I find the truth and the stalker. Again. He's obsessed. We now have a stalker. 
being stalked by, by a, a second stalker. stalker. Yeah. I mean, like, you have been released from your duty. You are no longer being paid to be a private eye. So now you're just stalking a teenage girl and, and he, her two, teenage two friend. Two teenage girls. Yep, not a good look. He keeps saying how he can't hear them. He's saying, if only I could hear them. If only, I'm sure they're telling, saying everything right now. If only I knew what they were fighting about. Scoot closer, bro. Now, what are they fighting about? Well, Whitney, once again, is trying to be a good friend while Teresa is swimming in the deep end of the pool. Um, Poor Teresa. And she's like, well, I'm going to win. Like, we're home free, yada, yada. And Whitney says, the only thing that you win, Teresa, is the best liar award. (laughs) Because Whitney has been against us the entire time. She's been urging Teresa to tell the truth. She's been urging her to get out of this situation. And now she herself has been roped into it. Fully roped in. Fully roped in, along with her sister, Simone. Yeah. So she doesn't really want to be a part of this. She has a very difficult time lying. Teresa often has to speak for her because Whitney just doesn't know how to proceed with this. Yeah, she's having a hard time deceiving people. Right. Whitney's not a liar. I I really like Whitney. Yeah, and she does say, she says, I hate lying, and you should too. Yeah. And they have, like, this little argument, and then she lays it out. She says, look, the cranes are on the board of my mother's hospital. They are on the board of, like, the school that my dad teaches at. This this is not just going to be bad for us if everything, if this comes out. It's going to be bad for our folks. Mm -hmm. Like, don't you care that... They could lose their jobs and be disgraced in this town. Yes. And Teresa says, you're a worrier. She, she like, won't hear it. Yeah. She's just like, you think negatively and I choose to think positively. And it's like, no, one of you is is living in the real world and the other is delusional. Yeah. Oh, Teresa. And then she brings up the fortune teller again. Yeah. Yeah, she brings up and she says, well, that fortune teller did tell me that I was going to be living in the Crane mansion and that I was signing my name as Mrs. Crane. And, and then Whitney's Whitney, like, that fortune teller told me my dad was going to kill somebody. So do you really believe her? Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And she's like, of course not, Whitney. I, you know, I'm just going to focus on my dream and I'm not thinking about Ethan Crane anymore, even though, like, I do love him, but I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to pursue him anymore. I'm just going to be alone. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to make work my life, and I'm not going to pursue Ethan. I'm just going to think about him. Yeah. As if that fixes anything, because all you're thinking about him has led you to this point where you are now being stalked. Right, and she says she's really kind of giving him up, but Whitney does not believe it Mm -mm. because she knows her friend. Mm -hmm. I know you, sis. You are not giving up on this. Mm -mm. (sighs) So then they leave the book cafe. Yep. And head down, like, the pier, like, the harbor, and find a bathroom. And Teresa decides to get out of her disguise. Yeah, she's just tired of being her dis- so in her, stupid. her disguise. So she pops back in the bathroom to change. And this was the same one where she changed before, where I Ethan guess. found her, I think, because they're down on the pier. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she goes into change, and as they're walking, she kind of makes a little joke about Whitney. She's like, oh, I saw the way that you were looking at Frank Lomax, the P.I., and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And Whitney's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I wasn't looking at him like that. And even if I was, he wouldn't think that way about me because of the situation we're in. He thinks I'm a liar. Right. Yeah. So thanks, Teresa. Thanks, Teresa. So the, the two girls go into the bathroom. And who's on their tail? Lomax has followed two teenage girls to the bathroom. It doesn't look good. <laughs> Optically, it's very bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, these are very bad optics for this <laughs> for this grown man. And then he Oh he Lord. is like still talking into his recorder. Hmm. Like I'm following the girls, I'm hot on the I'm hot on the pursuit, blah blah blah. Her the one friend, Teresa, seems like a liar, but her friend seems all right, she's different. She's open and honest. And if we had, and then he stops the recording. He goes, if we had met under different circumstances, maybe th- things could be different. So he's like lusting after this child. <laughs> this has become. This has become a common theme with this show, where we have grown people lusting after Teenagers. young people. That's that's. It's unacceptable. It's not fine. I, look, when I was in high school, did I have a little crush on my biology teacher? Yes, I did. Was anything ever going to come of it? Of course not. Did he have those feelings about me? Certainly, Certainly not. not. <laughs> I've never had a crush on a teacher. Oh, I had a crush on Mr. BH. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never had a crush on a teacher. Oh, I, sh- I sure did. I loved him. Oh, he wasn't my biology teacher. What was he? You don't even know. You didn't Shit. really love him. Yeah. You no. didn't really love him. You don't even know what he taught. It was the other science that I can't Chemistry? think of. Chemistry? Nope. The other Physical one. Science? Physics. <laughs> Physics. Okay. Physics. She didn't even know. you. She never really I loved you. I said biology. Mr. She never really loved you, Mr. BH. <laughs> that's not... That's... It wasn't biology. Mm-mm-mm. It was Physics. Anyway, anyway, so he has tracked these two teenage girls to the bathroom and is lusting after one of them. And it's creepy. It's very creepy. And then we also see, though, Whitney seems to also have some sort of feelings for him. Sure. And again, a teenager having a crush is a teenager having a crush. Mm-hmm. An adult pursuing a young person mm-hmm. is a completely different thing. Yeah. It's one thing to be like, oh... I can see, you know, that that person's going going to be grow to be a beautiful mm. woman. Will mm-hmm. grow to be a beautiful man. Like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not I mean it's ridiculous to to not to say that that doesn't happen. Right. But to feel one way and then act upon it, which he is on the precipice of doing, mm-hmm. is a very different thing. Well, and also he's saying if the circumstance was different and not the circumstance of her age, the circumstance of like she's in the middle of this case, he would pursue her. Right, exactly. Exactly. It's extraordinarily problematic. Mm-hmm, and he's supposed to be, well, I guess he's not an officer of the law, but he's supposed to be a private eye. I don't, and I don't know how old he is, but she's definitely in high school mm-hmm. and he's definitely in his career. Yes. Like he's out of college and right. into his career. I guess you don't really have to go to college to be a PI. You just got to be good at, like, smoothing. Well, you have to have some cer- certifications and things, though. Yeah, but it's not like he had to go through four years of, high- of college. I don't know enough to, to know could, that for sure, but I do, I mean, there at least has to be you only certification. Have to, you only have to go to school, go to the police academy for, like, 18 months to become a police officer. 13 so weeks. Be, 13 oh, to 19 oh, excuse weeks. me, I was hoping that no, I looked our, it up. our service was, okay. Yeah. So, 13, yeah, 13 to 19 weeks. weeks. So, he's not even a police officer. Yeah. He's a private investigator. Yeah, he probably true. doesn't need anything besides, like, a business license. You know, the way that, like, this country works, I wouldn't be surprised if he was required to have more schooling <laughs> than, than the police, the police. I honestly wouldn't be shocked by that at all. Yeah. Either way, we don't know. But what we do know is that it's inappropriate, and I hate that the show is even entertaining it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, that's all with them. That's it. Yep, that's all with them. Now we gotta move on to these witches again. We gotta go back to these These witches. These witches. (laughs) 
Girl, where should we start? At the Bennett home or Grace's job? I think we start at the Bennett house. Okay. So Charity tries to call Faith again. Mm -hmm. And this time she's actually able to leave a message. And she leaves a message and she just says, Hey mom, I've got great news. I know you're upset with me. I'm in harmony, but I've really got great news. I love you. Whatever. I love you. I'm safe. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. She's concerned though when she gets off the phone that her mom didn't answer the phone mm-hmm. she says it's not like my mom to not answer the phone like i know she was there because she was on the internet surely she didn't go back out it's starting to get late late mm-hmm. like my mom doesn't go out so she's a little concerned miguel's trying to comfort her and then this is another moment where i just start to kind of zone out i did too oh no yikes i wasn't sure oh so the I know that they left. I don't know how. I, I okay. guess they just decided to go I'm gonna next go, door. I'm going to go through my my list. And, okay. So, after that, Simone pulls Kay aside and tells her to show the picture of her mom to Charity. And she basically says, look, what do you have to lose if you show her this picture? Right. On the one hand, you show it to her. She doesn't recognize your mom. And you're home clear. On the other hand... Your mom gains her family, and you have a cousin, and like, and your conscience is clear. Mm-hmm. And, and then Kay says, "I don't care about my conscience. I only care about my shot with Miguel." Whoo! Yeah, they're really making her out to be a super villain. Oh, yes, a super a super villain. villain. Like she doesn't give a fuck about her own mom. Yeah, like think about that. How that. Your mom has no memories of the first 20 years of her life. You know that she is desperate to meet her family, learn about her past, feel a connection to her people and her heritage. Mm -hmm. And you know that this might be that moment. Mm -hmm. And you choose not to pursue it. Right. For a boy. On purpose. Yeah, on purpose for a boy. Girl, and she says... Uh, Simone says something about like that. It's your mom, and she's like, "I love Miguel." It's like, okay, girl, yeah. bye. Yeah. So they do that, and then Kay goes back over to talk to Miguel and Charity, and she does something to try to get them to. But I don't remember where she tries to get them to go. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't remember, but she tries to put up another roadblock. And I think she fails. Though. She fails. She, she oh, she's trying to get her to go home. Oh, yeah. okay. She's, the whole time she's trying to get her to go home. But then Miguel says, look, we can go by. The, the shop is right next door. We can go by, look in, because that's what it was. Kay didn't want them to go to the shop because she kept saying, well, they're having a medical emergency. Do you really want to walk in on uh, into the middle of my parents trying to help Tabitha with her medical emergency mm-hmm. and yada, yada, yada. Miguel, being, you know, reasonable, says, look, I'll I'll take you home, but on the way, we can just stop by Mrs. Bennett's shop because if she's busy, we can, at least you will have met her. Mm-hmm. And if she's not busy, then you can talk to her and mm-hmm. she can help us. Mm-hmm. So they head over slowly. Very slowly. So slowly to uh, the antique shop. Yeah. To- and I'll, I'll also note... Miguel has really improved. 
Yeah. Leaps and bounds from his acting in episode one to episode 39. He's still not great, but he's much, much Much better. better. Much better. Lomax is still the worst. Lomax takes the cake in terms of the worst acting. Yeah, no, Miguel has really improved. So thank you. Acting coach. Whoever his acting teacher is, yeah. So while this is going on with Charity and Miguel... Reese comes back into the Bennett house and Kay immediately sends him on an errand to get him out of her hair. And she's like, can you go help Jessica with the flyers? What are these flyers? Oh, remember they were putting up flyers around town for the... Oh, for the fall festival Not the fall thing. It was something else. Oh. Remember TC and what's her name were both putting up flyers. Yeah. Remember? I think it's that. I thought that was for the... The hayride and all of that shit. Yeah. Whatever. Is it the fall picnic? I don't imagine... Are we that far into the summer? It's only been a few days. Maybe they're just organizing so they can sell tickets ahead. I don't okay. know. Yeah, maybe. You're right. That does seem very we're early. we're literally like five days into this and it started in July. Like the that that um carnival, carnival was in July. Like a, I don't know. I mean, they're talking about hayrides. So that's in so, the fall. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So, so she gets rid of Reese. Go hang up some flyers with my sister. I was and wondering then, where Jessica was, so I'm glad that you thought about that. I caught that one little moment because I was like, where, where the fuck is Jessica? Yeah. Because the kids are always, like, in a clump, you yeah. know? So that's why, that's the only reason I noted it. So then Simone and Kay are alone in the house, and we get into the nitty-gritty. Yeah, we get to see some Simone character development Mm -hmm. and i really loved it honestly i thought she was excellent yeah it kind of broke my heart what she said absolutely so she says why don't you want to find um your mom's sister like if charity is your cousin then you're gonna have a girl cousin and i would love to have a girl cousin yeah she's close to your age we're the same age You know, you would have someone to talk to, and and Kay's like, I don't want that. I don't need another cousin. And Simone's like, well, I just think I would love to have somebody because I don't have anyone. And Kay's like, well, you have me. And she's like, yeah, but having a relative would be nice. He's like, what about your sister? And she says, well, Whitney's great, but she's so focused on her tennis and... I feel like my dad is always really focused on Whitney with her tennis and my mom loves, you know, both of us. But I also feel like they're just really focused on her and I'm left out. Yeah, it was a sad. lot. And she kind of choked, was choked up. And yeah, and it was a be- it was really a nice moment because we've been saying that about Simone. We have. Yeah. Like, why is she never at home? Why is she, like, Kay's lackey? And she, like, where's the development? And it's right there. Like, she feels alone. She feels left out. And I actually kind of really like the way that they did this. Mm-hmm. Because we have been saying, like, poor Simone. Yeah, you like, know? what's going on? And TC and Eve, when they talk, like, TC only talks about Whitney. And Eve kind of has to remind her husband of his own daughter. Yeah. It's like, we have two great daughters. Yeah. We have two wonderful children it's not just yeah i understand where where she's coming from yeah so she feels left out and then Kay, like piggybacks on her Mm -hmm. like pain and makes it about herself yep and says like oh yeah well i feel the same way too i feel like noah my brother has a special bond with my dad and jessica has a special bond with our mom but 
I there's no one for me to talk to. And it's just like, this is Simone's moment. Yeah. Every moment has been about you up to this point. Like, let Simone have her moment. Yeah. And instead she takes it and tries to make it about her being invisible. It's like, don't worry, Kay. Everybody sees you. Yeah. Like, you you and your stupid shenanigans. We, we see you. You're not invisible. Yeah, she said that bullshit. Like, I feel like nobody sees me. It's like... All we can see is this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's... Yeah. I mean, I am sad that she feels that way. Don't get me wrong. And it explains a lot of her behavior. I just don't see it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, because Simone is... We have seen the way Simone has been treated. Right. Right? Like, we... Kay's not getting treated like that. She's treating her sister like shit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you don't have anybody to, do, to talk to because you treat your sister like shit. Mm-hmm. And and Jessica has told us that Kay started it, mm-hmm. right? Like the Titanic story. Let us not yeah, forget. <laughs> let us not forget that Jessica showed up to a boy girl party dressed as the Titanic <laughs> <laughs> because Kay tricked her. So yeah, so Kay's always been a bully. Yeah, so Kay, it's Kay's fault that she doesn't have anybody Kay, to talk to. So I'm sorry, I'm yeah. interrupting. Is Kay older or younger? She's older. So Kay's the oldest, Jessica's in the, the middle, younger. and... Oh, no, Noah's the Noah's oldest. Noah's the oldest. Because we don't know him. Yeah, Noah's the oldest. Then so Kay's, Kay's the then baby. Jessica. Jessica's, Jessica's the baby. baby. I can't get these kids straight. I know, I get their names <laughs> mixed up. <sighs> I can't get them in order. Yeah, so they have a mo- Simone has a very sweet moment. Kay makes it about herself, but they both have, like, you know, vulnerable moments. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Well, then... Simone tells Kay, I really do think that Charity could be your cousin. And can you blame her for wanting to spend time with her family? And then Kay says, well, what I'm really concerned about is she might be a con artist. And I don't want her to, like, infiltrate my family where I already feel like I'm an outsider. And to be perfectly honest, I'm actually really worried about what this could do to my mom. Mm. Because my dad found her wandering around in the backyard in the middle of the night, and she had no clue how she got there. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of the strange occurrences that have been happening. In the last few days. Right. Yeah. She was. She said she saw a little girl on a swing and all this other stuff. And so she's, like, concerned about her mother's mental health. Yeah. She's false. It's false concern, though. And when it comes to charity and... yeah. That she doesn't care that much about her mom's mental health, or else she would be spending more time with her mom and not chasing Miguel around the fucking city. I think she is concerned about her mother. I do think she's using charity as a device to support her concerns and kind of uh, scaffold them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It gives her a little bit of a leg to stand on, otherwise, she has none, you know? Yeah. And of course, she stops talking about her mom pretty quickly and starts talking about Miguel again. And Simone tells Kay. Miguel has never looked at you the way he looks at Charity. Right. Right. Oh, that was so good. Because Kay starts talking about how, oh, I wish that I had snagged Miguel before Charity bopped her ass into town. (laughs) And, and, you know, Simone's like, how would that have made much of a difference? And she's like, Miguel would never cheat on me. Like, he would never cheat on the person that he's with. I know him. And Simone says that great line. He never, he has never looked at you the way he looks at her. Mm-hmm. Like, get a good God, girl, get a grip. Look, Simone and Whitney are best friends with these delusional girls, and they are 
doing their their damnedest <laughs> yeah. to keep them in line. They really are. You know, who else are they supposed to be friends with? Yeah. The, who else is in this town? Jessica? Reese. Reese. They're they all friends, friends with, with each turkey. other. The turkey. <laughs> <laughs> the turkey of the turkey town. Turkey friends. Right. So this conversation is happening. And then Kay notices that her parents are helping Tabitha to her house. So mm-hmm. we should probably talk about why that happened. Yes. So at Grace's shop, Tabitha has pretended to faint. And then Sam and Grace have both left her there alone. <laughs> and then remember, Tabitha is like doing her spell through the computer. Good Lord. Okay. Oh, Lord. So she's doing this spell the computer. Remember, her head has come through the other side of the internet. And is breathing fire. Is breathing fire at Faith. And uh, then Faith finally manages to close the laptop, right? And everything stops. And it's like, whoo, okay, that was close. That was a close one, right? (sighs) She gets her ass back in front of the laptop and it flies back open. (laughs) And Tabitha flies back through the thing, blowing fire, going... You'll never stop me. Like, I'm going to get you and then I'm going to kill your daughter. She said, where are your precious angels now, Faith? Oh, my God. It was amazing. So, Faith naturally faints. Of course. This is a perfectly reasonable reaction. Yep. This terrified me. To be honest, my reaction would have been, I'm getting the fuck out of this house. I would have still been in there. But but she thinks the darkness is outside too. She right. probably is like paralyzed. Like where do I go? Where do where, where do, do you, you go? go? Have you also this is slightly off topic, but not I guess. Have you seen um the, with Ellen DeGeneres how she'll do like the scares mm-hmm. with her? Yeah, and I've noticed there are like a couple different reactions. Like sometimes celebrities will literally just like fall down where they are yeah. in power yeah. in fear, and some people will like react and they'll almost like swing. Yeah, you know, and then some people will like run away. And the reaction at the end, once they realize it's a practical joke, they all kind of laugh. But I do think it kind of shows us, like, three ways that most people handle extreme fright. You know what I mean? And I think that faith is one of those crumple into a ball and faint where you are. I am a runaway girl. I run. You've seen me. Like, when I think there's, like, a bug, I run. Like, I'm out of here. Just on bugs and mice. I think I'm going to fight back. Okay. Based on bugs and mice. I'm a runner. I, I mean, I run away from a scare and then assess the situation from a distance. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to get that distance between us right. first, though. That makes sense. For sure. All right. So, <sighs> Tabitha makes her faint. And then she comes back through the computer and pretends to be faint, have fainted herself. Right, because Tabitha is at the shop and Grace and Sam are approaching. They finally got the oxygen tank, the and first aid kit, and the smelling salts. And they're like, here we come to the rescue. This was so dumb. Because, first of all, why were they gone so long? Why were they gone so long? She did that to Faith for a while. Yeah. She even came back and did it again. And did it again. <laughs> she Glenn closed them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so they come back and... Sam tries to give her the oxygen, and she's like, no, I don't need that. It's fine. Don't. Oh, yeah. And then Grace, Grace used the smelling the, salts. Yeah, puts the smelling salts under her nose, and she jumps up and goes, bloody hell, what are you trying to do to me? Yeah, why did she react so strongly? And I don't know if it's, like, that's supposed to be, like, a, a funny 
reaction, like, because she wasn't fainting, so she would have such a large reaction to it. Oh. Or if it's there's something about the salt. Because mm. there's a thing about salt, too, with, like, oh, yeah. evil. Yeah, like and, salt rings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I, so I feel like maybe there's something there. I thought that there was something there. I definitely was like, what is it about the smelling salts that Tabitha has such a revulsion? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. So, well, I guess, well, we might not see. They might yeah. not ever address it again, but I hope they do. So, then Grace and, what's his name? Sam. Sam. Go back to the computer. Well, I think they kind of helped Tabitha up, and she wants to see what happened with that picture on the computer. Mm. So, she kind of walks over there and takes a look, and Sam and Grace come, and she, I guess, has used her magic to transform the image. So it is no longer her face, but it looked like a little blonde boy. Yeah, it was a little boy. Yeah. And so they're like, why would she think that this picture would spark any memories in us? Yeah, how is this the face of evil? Yeah. Like, what is this? And then oh, Tabitha... Goes and tries to convince Grace that she's been catfished. Yeah, and she's like, well, you know, that might not even be your sister. Mm -hmm. There's people on the internet. You know how people talk on the internet? And then the uh, poor unsuspecting person goes to meet that stranger and then gets robbed or worse and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And Grace is like, well, I think, I don't think that's what's happening here. And then she and Sam are start to t kind of are talking and Tabitha sees a light. Yeah. The, the angel, like, comes into the shop, and Tabitha sees, like, the angel, yeah. but Sam and Grace don't see it. I know. They were kind of canoodling in the background, and I don't know how they missed it, but Tabitha's like, ah, that little angel brat. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you doing here? And trying to figure out what, yeah. what she's doing there. Well. The light disappears. And then Grace has a memory. She's like, oh, I just remembered something. And guess what she remembered? <laughs> she remembered... That she said, don't you remember when I was out in the yard the other day and I told you I saw the little girl and I didn't know how I got there? He's like, yeah, I know how I got there now. And then she proceeds to tell her husband that she floated out of her bedroom window <laughs> into the backyard. And he's like, oh, Lord, I got to institutionalize my own wife. Yep, she tells him I floated out in the backyard, and then a little girl warned me about danger. I wrote, Sam is concerned. Sam's, <laughs> Sam, who's, what's the man's name in Jane Eyre? Oh, oh, shit. Sam's about to be um, that guy. <laughs> I have to lock his wife up in the attic. <laughs> oh, oh, I know this. I just, I just reread Jane Eyre. Did you really? Like, well, it was like a year ago. Oh. But I can't remember, why can't I remember his name? I'm gonna look it up. Jane Eyre. Rochester. Mr. Rochester. It's Mr. Rochester. Yeah, Sam's about to be Mr. Rochester. Oh, my God. Have to lock his wife up in the attic. <laughs> in the wing of the yeah. house. <laughs> oh, like, no. She went crazy. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. No. She, she, Sam Grace, would never. Sam would never, and Grace is not crazy. She definitely, we saw it. She definitely it floated happened. out into the yard that night. It did happen. Well, he, how does, where do we go from there? Basically, uh. Uh, Tabitha, at this point, is facing the window, so she can see that Miguel and Charity are on their way to the shop, mm -hmm. and so she's like, shit, I gotta get me, myself, and I out of here, and Grace and Sam as well, because I can't have Charity meeting Grace. Mm -hmm. So she's like, you know what, I think I need to go home, but would you mind walking me, you know, after this little spell, I'd 
no pun intended. I don't want to, <laughs> this little fainting spell. I, uh, I need a little assistance. And they're like, sure, of course, we'll walk you home. Yeah, and she kind of makes them walk out the back way. Oh, right. Because she sees Charity coming through the front, they're coming towards the front door. And so they're like, isn't your house that way? And she's like, oh, but the back will go, it'll be much faster to go back to the, through the back way. We're already over here. Yeah. Like, so they walk her home, and that's when Kay sees, Tabitha and her parents walking back to their house. Right. And so she takes this to mean that Grace met Charity and it's all bullshit. Right. She says, look it, to Simone, look there, there are my parents right there at Tabitha's house. If Charity was my cousin, then they would be hugging and kissing right now. My mom wouldn't be over at Tabitha's house. She would still be with Charity. And she's elated. She's like, I know that this is Correct, and I, I, she's that's a load off her chest. And Simone's like, Oh, I really thought I had this right. <laughs> and then Simone goes, I have a feeling they just didn't meet yet. She said, What if, yeah, she goes, But what if they didn't meet? What if it didn't happen? And Kay's like, What are you trying to do to me, Simone? <laughs> oh, and then the phone rings, and Kay answers it. And it's Faith who has awoken. She's no longer passed out, covered in packing peanuts. I thought it was hail. Oh, yeah. In the last episode, it's packing peanuts because they're packing up their house. Yeah. She wakes up. She listens to Charity's message and, and then calls the Bennett house. And when Kay answers the phone saying, hello, Faith goes, I have to talk to my daughter. Charity, it's a matter of life and death. Screaming. Screaming. Yelling into the phone. This woman has no phone etiquette. None. None. None whatsoever. She always, that's... How she always responds to someone answering the phone. She That's yells true. into the phone. Because the one time uh, she called and Grace picked up, she was like, Charity's in trouble! You're right. Yeah, she just screams into she the phone. She just yells into the phone. Oh, she's so... Faith. But I get it. That green head did just come Look. out of her laptop and it was blowing fire at her. Like, fuck etiquette at that point. Yeah, you know? and it did say he. It did say it was going to kill her daughter. That's so right. So Charity is definitely in trouble. So Kay's like, okay... She runs next door to get Charity and bring her back to the house. Yeah, she says, they say it's a, your mom's on the phone. She's saying it's a matter of life and death. And once Charity gets on the phone, she manages to calm her mom down just enough to tell her the good news. Yeah. Mom, I found your sister. She's, She's in harmony. harmony. Yeah. And that's almost the end of the episode, but we have a little coda we have to talk about. Okay. Which is, Sam and Grace have walked Tabitha home. Timmy is in there packing a box? I don't know what the fuck is going on with Timmy. Every time he comes on the screen, I'm just confused. Like, does he think that Tabitha has left him and is never coming back? And is never coming back? So he's, like, going to pack up a box and... I have no clue. Or maybe he's moving out because of the the mistreatment he has suffered at the hands of Tabitha and Fluffy. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. But he's packing up his, his box and... Grace looks inside and says, oh, my God, there's someone in your house. Oh, right, because uh, Tabitha, they're about to walk her in, and Tabitha sees Timmy. And she's like, Timmy, uh, I would love to just sit outside and have fresh air. And then Grace is like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. I'll just go inside and get you some juice. And she, as she's about to go in, she sees mm. someone. She, We don't know. She says, someone's inside. And then Sam goes in to check it out. And Timmy, before he sees who it is, he goes, Tabitha? And then Sam turns the corner. He heard that, 
and he sees just, but he just sees a doll, like this lifeless doll. Sitting there on the couch, and he goes, I just heard, you spoke? Yeah. That's what he said. You spoke? Yeah. 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 So, that was you. You spoke. Yeah. And and so, I don't know, like, is there a parrot or something? Like, you know, I, know what that's what I, mean? I was I was wondering if, like, they can pass this off as, like, a doll. Yeah. That can make, you know, it has, like, a little box inside of it. That, yeah. You know, like, I don't know how they're going to do this. I don't know. Like, Sam cannot find out that his neighbor, that he already doesn't like, because he doesn't like Tabitha. He went, he went to save her life and try and help, but he was making remarks the when whole time. She, and when she came in, he went, oh no, it's Tabitha. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't care for her. He cannot learn that this woman... Is a is witch. A, is a witch who has a doll that she brought to life. I mean, that that cannot happen in episode 40 of Passions. It Although, can't happen. we at some point, though, we have to make the connection. Sam has to start to believe Grace mm. and believe that there are paranormal things that he can't explain. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's part of what they're trying to do. Where he's like, yeah, something is weird is going on here. I just don't know what it is. And I can't, but be- it's really unbelievable. So maybe this did happen to my wife. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Sam. Sam. Grace. Sam I am. Sam I am. This, it's great. They're so. I mean, I need these two twins to meet each other. That part is very annoying to me. I need some progress with Teresa and Ethan. That's very annoying to me. Yeah. I'm oh. just, everything is just very stuck right now. I need the story to move forward a little bit. There's so much recap in these episodes. Yeah. Teresa and Ethan is such a long story. Yeah. It's an extremely long story. The, um, This, the Faith and Grace stuff, I, I know, obviously we know we're getting to, like, the climax of this. Mm-hmm. Like, we're about to get to, at the very least, Charity recognizing... Grace as her aunt. If not, these two sisters coming together. Well, but Charity's already recognized Grace as her aunt. She has seen her. She hasn't met Grace. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We have to, we have to get there. Well, and Charity did, did just tell Faith, I've seen her. She's here. She's in harmony. So, I mean, the, the pieces are moving together. It's just at a glacial pace. I also feel like Faith's going to be like, that's probably a trick, Charity. Oh, uh, probably. Now that she now knows. That she's been attacked. Been attacked. And I, and rightly so. Like, that's Ugh. probably just a trick. And Tabitha's planted the seed that maybe Grace was being catfished. Oh, no. I hope this doesn't continue. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it, too. They've brought us too close. Yeah. Well... We're at the end of this episode. We are. But I just want to say thank you to Zach again for this map that we have referenced, what, three times in this episode today? <laughs> no, I can't stop looking so at it. So thank you so much. Oh, so helpful. Amazing. And uh, remember, everyone, if you ha- if anybody has any, like, aids to send to us, like, visual aids like Zach sent, please do. Yeah. He emailed us. At passionspodcast at gmail.com. And I loved it. I loved it, too. I loved receiving that email. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you can email us any other submissions. If you have fan art, we would love to see some sketches of Teresa to compare <gasps> to Frank Lomax, P.I. I would love to be able to do, like, side-by-side sketches. There have to be some artists who listen. No, we need to just do, like, a Teresa sketch contest, right? Like, whether you can draw or not. 
a Teresa sketch contest. You and I should just draw our Teresa sketches <laughs> and put those on the Instagram. We're going to do that. Okay. We'll draw some sketches. You got, And you guys get to tell us which one is better. And we won't tell you. It'll be like oh, one or two. It won't be mine. I, it won't be mine. <laughs> I don't know. I can barely <laughs> no. write my name. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's going to be bad. But if you, it, we're going to do it and we would love for you to join us. So send your submissions to us. You're probably following us on social, but if you're not, Passions Podcast at, on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends about us. Please uh, subscribe to us on whatever your podcast platform is and give us a rating on Apple if you listen to us there because it's super helpful. Yes, it is. And with all of that said and done, you are my passion for life.